This is Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. Here's Bernie Fratto. Well, they say the four most glorious words in sports are pitchers and catchers report, but I think there's a strong close second, and that is this, and it has to do with college football, and it goes like this. Week zero is here. Well, next week, but it is upon us. And on that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And tonight we preview the Big Ten, and we'll also take a close look at some selected marquee NFL teams and whether or not they can advance toward the promised land this year. But each one has a key question they must answer and resolve. After Bruin Finley's update, we'll talk about the latest stories swirling around Las Vegas and the particular odds of one football team in the NFL climbing the ranks. And uh, there are some developments in the NFL. So we'll go down that road, of course, as well. And then we close down the show with Mackinac Sports to stretch your mind and give you the kind of data you can only find on this show. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They are a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Moonlight Grand, Minnesota, it's going to be late. And I want to remind you that Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Well, we are going to preview the Pac-12 next week and the SEC in two weeks, but tonight we're going to start with the Big Ten. And as usual, the Big Ten is well-stocked with great players. Uh, As a matter of fact, although there is sort of a concentration, according to Athlon Sports, the all-2021 Big Ten team is led by Ohio State, Interestingly enough, they lose their uh, first-round draft choice quarterback, but they reload with uh, C.J. Stroud. Thirteen selections on the All-Big Ten team are from Ohio State. Wisconsin with 11, Iowa with 11, Penn State with 10, Indiana with 10. And uh, anybody missing here? Okay, I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Um, All right. Meanwhile, seven other programs had, well, we don't need to go down that road. The key position first team players included Michael Penix, the quarterback from Indiana, a dynamic lefty, uh, Tyler Goodson, a running back from Iowa, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota, and of course, the two best receivers probably in the country, both on the same team, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, and then Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Now, the Big Ten uh, has been represented well in bowl games going back 25 years, and they're 67 and 48 against the spread. So, you know, the Big Ten, you get quality athletes. It's a quality conference. And when they, you know, come off a win, they typically, in a non-conference game, 
typically follow up with another one. The Big Ten has been good, solid in non-conference games, 45 and 27 against a number in the last 10 years. Now, there's only one head coaching change in the Big Ten for 2021, but it's pretty significant. Wisconsin uh, once had a coach named Brett Bielema. He did quite well there. Uh, He went down to Arkansas in the SEC. Uh, Not so well. He's back in the conference. He's replacing Lovey Smith in Illinois. And as you heard Arnie talking about uh, in the earlier show with Aaron Torres, Brett Bielema will get him make his, you know, his maiden voyage into Nebraska as a seven and a half point underdog to uh, Scott Frost in Nebraska. And I like, I like Illinois in that game. Uh, In his first season as the head coach of the Badgers back in 2006, uh, Bielema ended the regular season 11 and one, including seven and one in big, 10 conference plays so he's the type of guy that could probably get off you know I would say get off to a good start in Illinois Illinois has been competitive they just haven't been able to get over the hump but there's no question that uh you know Bielema got off to a fast start at Wisconsin he won 17 of his first 18 games that actually is the third best coaching start in Big Ten history Michigan had a legendary uh, coach back at the turn of last century feeling Yost he went 55-0 in his first 55 games. Yeah, maybe they could still use him now. And Ohio State, of course, Urban Meyer, he won 24 straight games to start the Big Ten. And uh, those are the only two better starts than uh, Brett Bielema. Not so much at Arkansas. Like I said, he was 29-34 and 34 overall, and he was only 11-29 and 29 in SEC play. But that's all behind him. I want to start with the East Division quickly because I'm super impressed with what Tom Allen has done in Indiana. They... Uh, he just got a new seven-year contract, and he's worth every penny. He has been uh, a, a lightning rod force in turning Indiana into a legitimate football school. Uh, they're not just a basketball school. They're a legitimate football school. One of the reasons is he's been able to recruit down in SEC country, and he was able to bring in a guy, the quarterback I just mentioned, Michael Penix Jr. He's a lefty. You've seen him. He's fat. He's fantastic on his feet. Uh, and he throws the ball well. He's a great competitor. He knows how to win. He's fantastic down the stretch and clutch. I think Indiana is uh, on the short list to win the East Division. Absolutely, they're alive. Uh, if they have a winning season this year, it'll be the, th- uh, the first time since 1947 since the Hoosiers enjoyed three straight winning seasons. Maryland is is a team that's somewhat on the move. They're competitive. Uh, when Mike Loxley took the job in 2019, he knew there was no quick fix. But Maryland, you know, the, the games they they lose to the Ohio States, they lose to the Penn States, they lose to the Michigans. Uh, they, they they have a struggle against those teams this year. Maryland plays all three of those teams again, but Maryland is much improved. For, for starters, they've had great recruiting classes in the last two years, including multiple five-star prospects. So the Terps are holding, or they're hoping that their recruiting success will translate to success on the field. Michigan, they're part of the East. I, I'm not high on Michigan, as people know. Now, Cade McNamara, the young man out of Reno, was just named the starting quarterback. He beat out J.J. McCarthy, the five-star recruit. Uh Michigan's got a tough schedule this year. They have to go to Penn State, who could be a top-10 team. They have to go to Wisconsin, who could be a top-10 team. They get Ohio State at home. Ohio State's going to be a top-three team. And then you've got Indiana, uh, which isn't going to be easy. You've got Michigan State, which is never easy. Michigan State tripped them up last year. 
They get both of us at home. And, w- and one of their signature games Michigan will play this year is uh, week two against Washington, who returns 10 starters. They have the best offensive line in college football. They average 328 pounds per man. I think Washington is sneaky to have an outside chance to win the Pac-12 and get to the, believe it or not, get to the playoff like they did back in 2016. I'm not predicting it, but I will tell you this, that uh, they are live. Keep an eye on them. I think we're going to see some crazy things in college football this year because 95 schools have at least 17 starters back. So there could be some parity. I think there could be some changing of the guard. One stat that you will not like if you're a Wolverine backer, the, the, the Michigan Wolverines are 2-16 and 16 straight up in their final two games of the season in the last nine years. That means they finish badly. And what's happened last year with a couple years with hard balls, they've started slow and then faded. So that's the way Michigan is rolling. Michigan State, I, I gave a lot of credit to Mel Tucker. He's come into a very tough spot, but they were competitive. Last year they beat uh, you know, Michigan. But, man, did they lose a ton of people. They lost a quarterback, two main receivers, a tight end, uh, an all-Big Ten linebacker, an all-Big Ten safety, two starting quarterbacks, and the entire offensive line. Or check that, the entire defensive line. But he's had a good recruiting class, and I will tell you this, that I think Michigan State will be competitive, but don't expect much. Your win total is four and a half. Ohio State, come on, what more can you say about Ohio State? Um they did get hammered 52-24 to 24 at the hands of Alabama in the national championship game this past January, and they remember that, and they're building from that. It turns out they had a COVID issue. They had several starters on defense that couldn't play. Uh, no excuses. It happened. But as I said, even though they lose Justin Fields, and even though they'll be starting a crop of quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and a couple of others might play, they haven't thrown a single pass in Big Ten uh, competitions. Never happened since 1958. But they have the two best wide receivers in the country. What a tandem, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I would say Buc- the Buckeyes will come out of the East. Uh, although I think Penn State will have a very good team. They took a major hit in the transfer portal last season where they had 14 players take off. And, you know, they didn't really... You know, James Franklin lost 10 more players in the portal this offseason. But... He brought in five back. But from what I'm hearing, Penn State will be very good. Rutgers, they'll be competitive. They took Michigan to double overtime last year. Can't expect much. Barring something crazy, Ohio State's going to come out of the East. However, winking a nod to Indiana, Tom Allen has those kids believing. And Ohio State, again, they're replacing Justin Fields. I understand C.J. Stroud is is a stud, but until you've done it, you haven't done it yet. You look over to the West – Illinois, uh, it's been quite a while. They do return 17 scholarship seniors, the most of any Power 5 team in the country. Just talked about Brett Bielema. Iowa, I think, is a team uh, that will fly under the radar this year, and they'll be very, very, very good. Uh, they're they're, they're going to be ranked. They are ranked in the top 25. Uh, I would say that, like most teams, I will run the – or most Iowa teams, they'll run the ball well. They'll play defense, ball control, field position, nothing exciting, but they'll be solid. And uh, Iowa has a lot of returning experience. Only one of 173 total starts last year was made by a freshman. So keep an eye on Iowa. They have to go to Northwestern in the sixth, and I expect them, maybe they'll be one of the only times they'll be an underdog this year. You might want to grab them. Minnesota, I think P.J. Fleck has done a great job. 
Uh, they won twenty. They won ten games in 2019 for the first time since 03, but then they kind of fell into a hole they couldn't climb out of last season. But I would just say this: uh, PJ Fleck had the number two recruiting uh, class in the conference, and uh, I, I, the year before they had the number 23 recruiting class in the country. PJ Fleck is going to bring players in. Nebraska is going to be a hot mess. I feel bad for Scott Frost. He's not worked out there. I think he is very firmly entrenched on the hot seat, and I don't have high hopes for them. Northwestern, whenever you replace your quarterback, it's never easy. But, uh, I, you know, look, last year the Wildcats had a good season. They proved that the value of returning production means a lot, and they were the number one team in the nation in overall returning production last year, and they were kind of on a mission. So this year they have to change some things up for the third time in four years. Pat Fitzgerald, who's a tremendous coach, he's landed a transfer quarterback. His name is Ryan Holinsky, the brother of former Washington State quarterback Tyler Holinsky. And I will tell you, the last time that they captured the Big West Division title, remember, they're one of seven teams. Uh, since the Big Ten championship game was uh, formed, there have been seven teams in the Big Ten that have made it to that game, none of them named Michigan. You see a theme here. Uh, but Northwestern was one of them. All right, so I will say the the Wildcats have won 48 one-possession games in the last 15 years. They're like Navy. They grind you out. Uh, so you get into a fist fight and a phone booth with them, and it's going to be tough. So Purdue, troubling season for Purdue. Can't say much about them. And then, of course, Wisconsin, they will be the class of uh, the West. Uh, they are a loaded team. They had a nice bowl victory over Wake Forest last year. They did not have a great year last year, but they've got a tremendous quarterback that will get All-American mentioned named Graham Mertz, who beat out the incumbent Jack Cohn, who transferred to Notre Dame, and he's starting for Notre Dame. That tells you how good Graham Mertz is. And you've got a couple of terrific wide receivers in Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. Now, they combined for just 11 catches due to injury last season. However, you return them back to full strength. I will tell you this. They don't face Wisconsin. Uh, check that. They don't face Ohio State this year in the regular season, Wisconsin. They could face them in the Big Ten championship game. But in Wisconsin, since 1997, they're 29 and straight up. They're 29 and 1, excuse me, straight up versus losing opponents in seasons which they do not face Ohio State. Wisconsin's going to be very good. Gun to my head, I think we're most likely looking at a Wisconsin Ohio State Big Ten championship game. And I don't think it'll be, uh, you know, I don't think Ohio State has a huge advantage like they would have had in recent years. Could I be wrong? Sure. Keep an eye on Indiana. I think Indiana's the real deal. Penn State is the real deal. But so is Wisconsin. And I think at the end of the day, you're probably going to go chalk in the Big Ten. I would look for Wisconsin and Michigan to be in the Big Ten championship game. Which NFL team can move the needle and get the ball down the road beyond what they've done in the past. And I've got a couple of teams circled here, a handful, that are poised to make the next step. The question is, they all have to answer one key question. And as their preseason unfolds and as you advance toward the regular season, these unanswered questions will determine whether or not they're a playoff team or a potential Super Bowl team or they're watching on TV. We'll chop that up.
I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Sarah, back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. The NFL has one, well, except for tomorrow's slate, which I believe is two games and a game Monday. The preseason is already winding to a close. There's only three games this year. And there are some teams that I've circled that I actually think can make some real noise. Uh, or maybe you will just have to see whether or not they can. I, I've included Jacksonville on that list. And I don't think Jacksonville can make some real noise, but I will say this. I want to see how they react to certain situations, and I'll get to them in a minute. I'm going to start, though, with the Washington football team because Ron Rivera, who's a tremendous coach, made the playoffs last year. They competed well with Tyler Haneke at quarterback against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Hey, they're in a division with the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles. And if you're telling me that division is not wide open, then I don't know what you're looking at. So here's the question on well, that the Washington football team must ask themselves. How much better can, can this defense be, okay? They are the reigning NFC champs, even though they finished under 500. But they did finish uh, 2020, the, the Washington football team, with the league's number two defense. And Chase Young vows to be better in his second season. And he's got reinforcements this year. He's got quarterback William Jackson the third. He's got another first-rounder and linebacker, Jameen Davis. And you would presume that safety Landon Collins will return and return to form. That is quite a formidable group. If Washington can put this kind of defense on the field, they can be suffocating. And I will tell you, if they get any kind of production out of Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's no question in my mind they are alive, Washington, to win the division. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, as you know, he's always been great as a backup. He's, you know, Fitz Magic. You hand him the keys to the car, not so much. But with that defense, he won't have to carry the team on his back. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I would never count out Mike Tomlin. They, you know, don't get a lot of respect for what they did last year. They were not frauds. They had a bunch of injuries at the most inopportune time. But here's the question this year. When it comes to Pittsburgh, how adaptable is the offense? Now, the only player returning to their offensive line is tackle Chikawama Okafor. And Pittsburgh has the distinction of actually having all five offensive line positions manned by someone playing that position for the first time. First rounder Najee Harris is going to be really charged with restructuring the, you know, the worst run game that Pittsburgh's ever had. And Ben Roethlisberger, look, he's a Hall of Famer. He's won two Super Bowls. But come on, man. The guy's 39 years old. He doesn't look like he's lost any weight to me. And he's had more surgeries than Joan Rivers. And he's now got to sync up with another another new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. And Matt Canada runs different pre-snap shifts and a different playbook. And a lot of jet sweeps. And Big Ben is going to have to line up under center. If that looks foreign to you, well, it probably will be. But Big Ben's going to be asked to do a lot this year and this might be his final season but if Pittsburgh's offense is adaptable they can be a playoff team the San Francisco 49ers they're built to win now can this offense find a new gear with Jimmy Garoppolo now Jimmy is 24 and 8 as a starter 
and they win when Jimmy plays. But the problem is he's only started more than six games in a season once. And in the Niners' uh, 29 run to the Super Bowl, when Jimmy G had 27 touchdown passes and a 102 QB rating, that's when he was healthy. And assuming he can, re- he can remain healthy, then you've got to ask, you know, San Francisco to have their defense also keep up part of the bargain with, you know, Trent Williams and Alex Mack. And hey, look, the bottom line is this. I don't know when Trey Lance will step into that job. I know that there's they're, 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 he's the heir apparent. He's the future. But the future is only going to arrive if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt or the Niners aren't winning. So to win and win at the level Coach Shanahan wants to, they're going to find have to find a new gear under, under Jimmy Garoppolo. There's not a dot in my mind. He'll be starting week one. And that's what's going to have to happen. If they do that, the Niners are on the short list to go to a Super Bowl. All right. Seattle, now there's a big question there. How's it working with Russell Wilson and Shane Waldron? Now, Russell Wilson has been Seattle's quarterback seemingly forever, but he's got a new offensive coordinator, uh, coordinator and this tandem is kind of going to be under a microscope because last year Wilson was very outspoken about his frustration last season, and I would say we don't know if they're real or imagined. Back in February, he listed teams he wanted to be traded to. And then he says, oh, no, no, we were, we're boys. We're, we're good, man. Uh, nothing to see here. Move along. Now he says he thinks they can be the number one offense in football. I don't see why not. Yeah, I don't. I see why not. You were the number 17 offense last year. You're not going to make that big of a jump. So the question is, those two are going to have to coexist because Russell Wilson is everything to that franchise. And without a healthy, happy Russell Wilson, I don't think they're going anywhere. That's a, Arnie Spanier said it best. It's the toughest division in football. The Rams are going to be very good. The Niners are going to be very good. Arizona is going to be pesky. I'm going to get to them in a minute, and Seattle will be competitive. You've got to win games in division. All right, let's talk about the Rams. Here's the question they have to answer. How does the run game look? All right, you're not going to see Stafford in the preseason. You're not going to see Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey. Forget it. But when it starts for real, the Rams are going to have to run the ball. Remember, they got reliant on Cam Akers. He was terrific. But he had a season-ending Achilles injury, and then I believe he pulled a hamstring after that. They did have a very capable replacement in Daryl Henderson, but now you're handing him the keys of the car, right? So I would say that Daryl Henderson, if he can pick up where Cam Akers left off, and then you will also see an undrafted free agent by the name of Xavier Jones get some carries, the Rams are going to have to run the ball. And everybody wants to think Matt Stafford's the savior. Hey, prove it to me, okay? Set the record straight. I don't dislike Matt Stafford. I respect him. I think he's a gamer. I think he's a warrior. Does everything but win. If you think he's your saver, don't tell me. Just show me. But you're not going to do it without a running game. You're not going to do it by being one-dimensional. The New England Patriots, sorry, but they're on a lot of folks' radar screens. And I guess the question is going to be who's the quarterback, right? Uh, Later on, about, about an hour and a half from now, I'm going to give a pretty detailed uh synopsis and scouting report on all the quarterbacks including mac jones and the battle between mac and cam 
But the truth of the matter is one of them is going to have to assume the reins and keep them. New England's going to be a ball control field position team, and they're going to try to be a Belichick type team where you don't, don't blow assignments, don't commit penalties, be very, you know, be big, physical, powerful, and you know they're going to have their work cut out for them because they're going to face some dynamic offenses and with teams like Buffalo, and you're going to have to score points to win in this league. Yes, defense is important, but you've still got to score points to win. And whoever's under center for New England, they're going to be tasked with directing an offense and, you know, doing their part and scoring points when it's mattered most. We're going to continue with this NFL talk and major questions surrounding all of these teams. But first, let's go to the man full of wisdom. He once told me the other day, in fact, that, you know, two wrongs don't make a right, but two rights Made an airplane. It's Bruin Finley with the latest. Well, thank you so much, Bernie. And there was a big fight in your territory in Las Vegas. And I'm not talking about the one we usually see outside of a MGM Grand at 3 a.m. Two dudes stumbling out there and throwing swings. This was your Dennis Ugas winning by unanimous decision over Manny Pacquiao to retain the WBA welterweight title. A busy NFL exhibition day on Saturday saw the Raiders upstage the Rams 17-16. to In fact, L.A. got it to within one and this was late in the fourth quarter and they went for a two-point conversion they failed on that Jacob Easton completed 16 passes for over 300 excuse me over 100 yards as his Colts take down the Vikings 12 to 10 a Teddy Bridgewater sighting he got the start for the Broncos led them to two touchdown drives one TD through the air as the Denver Broncos tamed the Seahawks 30 to 3 the Titans all over the Buccaneers 34 to 3. No Tom Brady in this contest, no Ryan Tannehill, but there was a 42-yard fumble return for a touchdown for Tennessee to help out their defense, which had a huge showing. Ben Roethlisberger did play for the Steelers on Saturday, and he played near perfect, had two touchdown passes as Pittsburgh derails the the Lions 26 to 20. To a tongue of Iloa played for the Dolphins in the first half. He went 16 of 23 through the air, 183 yards passing, one touchdown as the Dolphins took down the Falcons 37 to 17. And Atlanta quarterback A.J. McCarron suffered a non-contact injury to his right knee in the contest and that will garner an MRI on Sunday. Head coach Arthur Smith, perhaps forecasting the diagnosis, said, quote, I'm sick to my stomach, close quote. Ben DiNucci making Cowboy fans a bit nauseated with his three picks as the Texans tamed the Cowboys 20-14. In baseball, the Padres won 4-3 against the Phillies thanks to a wild pitch in the 10th inning. So if you look at the NL wildcard standings here. San Diego is tied with the Reds for that second wildcard spot. Cincy with a 7-4 victory over the Marlins. Nick Castellanos had four RBI. The Red Sox brain fart to the Rangers who prevailed 10-1 and Boston manager Alex Cora said afterwards quote, that was embarrassing. That was unacceptable. Close quote. And finally, the Braves notch an eighth win in a row after they tame the Orioles 5-4 and that is 17 straight losses for Baltimore. Let's head back to a man who never has a losing streak like that. Nothing close when he gets to the betting window. It's winning streak after winning streak. It's our guy, Bernie Fratto. You got that right, fella. <laughs> Thanks so much. That's Bruin Finley. You'll hear him all night all the way till 3 a.m. The Dulcet Tones, the Silver Tongue Devil himself, Bruin Finley. Real quickly about the New England Patriots. Uh, 
There's a little backstory happening there in New England. Uh, I would just say we'll pose it this way. Bill Belichick, I think, has something to prove in that last season was a fluke. There was COVID. They had guys opt out. And everybody saw what Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay. Never a dot in my mind that he'd have success down there. I didn't predict they'd win the Super Bowl. I did predict they'd win 10 or 11 games. Meanwhile, what New England has to do this year is show tremendous improvement, and the quarterback position is paramount because the age-old argument, who gets credit for all of this success? Was it Brady or Belichick? You know, later on tonight, I'll, I'm going to tease that right now. Later on tonight, I'll have some very interesting statistics for you that answers that question. I promise you that Bill Belichick has to get this quarterback thing right because the natives will be very restless if New England doesn't make the playoffs or, God forbid, end up under 500. The New Orleans Saints, for the first time since 2006, will be without a gentleman named Drew Brees. And so the question there in New Orleans is, how will this offense evolve? The obvious question is, who does Sean Payton tab Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill to replace the retired Drew Brees? And then you've got to ask yourself, will the attack still run through Alvin Kamara? And if it doesn't, that might point to the fact that Jameis Winston will be handed the keys of the car. And then you've got Michael Thomas and his situation. Will he be the number one target? Thomas isn't around in August, and Kamara won't play much. You're going to have to wait till September. It'll be a slow reveal. Once again, I can't say I have much faith in Jameis Winston. You threw 30 picks in Tampa Bay the year before Tom Brady got there. That was a 7-9 team that easily could have been 10-6. and six. six of those picks were on the first drive. Six were when they were leading. Six were in the fourth quarter. Devastating. However, I'm an open-minded guy. Again, like Stafford, Jameis. Don't tell me. Show me. It'd be Actually, I would really enjoy seeing him have success in New Orleans. That's an interesting division down there with Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. Indianapolis Colts are a franchise I have a great deal of respect for because I have a great deal of respect for Frank Reich, their head coach. The question is, because they were an excellent team last year and just ran into a tough nut in Buffalo, can they sustain last season's offensive success? And that's an obvious question because following last year's Week 7 bye, they came, Indianapolis, they, they became very reliant on their running game. And the result, they won seven of the last 10, uh, 10 games, got a wild card berth. And so you have to look at it this way. Uh, and I think VJ Husky might have mentioned this on another show with Aaron Torres. You might have Carson Wentz not 100%. You might have him shelved with his foot injury. But in theory, Indy can still theoretically lean on Jonathan Taylor, the best offensive line in football, except for the fact that all-pro guard Quentin Nelson had to have foot surgery, and their center is currently hurt. But if they are healthy, I will tell you that Indy could actually be one of those rare teams that could run the ball, play defense, not make mistakes, hang around, and find themselves into the playoffs. I wouldn't say that's their first choice, though. All right? Because, again... There are some prolific offenses in the NFL, including the Buffalo Bills. The question for the Buffalo Bills, if they want to take a step further next year, is, is their defense reverting to its 2019 form? Can they revert to the 2019 form when that Buffalo Bills actually had a much better defense? All right. What masked that last year was MVP runner-up Josh Allen and the sensational year he had in 2020, which led to the big contract. But last year, Buffalo and their defense collected fewer sacks. 
They were far less effective on third downs, and they gave up significantly more points and yards than they did in 2019. So you've got a couple of stud rookies coming in, a defensive lineman, Gregory Rousseau, Carlos Basham, and I would say this, Ed Oliver, who was a stud pass rusher years ago at the University of Houston, if he's healthy and can get to the quarterback, Buffalo, I think, is on the short list to get to the Super Bowl, but they have defensive questions. No questions on offense. Uh, by the way, right now, if you are feeling saucy and you think Buffalo can win the Super Bowl, you can get them at 12-1. to 1. It's probably the best odds here in Las Vegas you'll get on Buffalo. And here's – let me just give you a little glimpse into their offensive improvement from 2019 to 2020. In 2019, Buffalo averaged 19 points a game. Last year, they averaged 31. They averaged 66 more yards per offense in game. And their third down efficiency, this is incredible. It was 35% in 2019. Last year, it jumped to 49.7%. That is incredible. You keep moving the chains on third down. Third down is the money down. Third down is where you earn your money, and that's why Josh Allen did. They don't pay you to punt if you're the quarterback. So that is phenomenal improvement on the offensive side of the ball by Buffalo. Now they've got to prove they can do it defensively. One team that I think has is going to be on a mission this year as the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're automatic. Or check that. They're not automatic. They're going to have to prove that they can engage in trench warfield, meaning they have to win the battle at the line of scrimmage. Now, they've won the AFC Championship the last two years, but in spite of that, they were still forced to overhaul their entire offensive line after Patrick Mahomes got chased around in the Super Bowl behind that patchwork group. He got hit more than Rocky Balboa. He got hammered. They got to fix that. Well, they believe they have. But the questions now extend to the D-line because Frank Clark's offseason arrest for felony possession of a, an assault weapon didn't help matters. You've got a pro, pro bowler by the name of Chris Jones. He is trying to, you know, improve his pass rushing abilities if Clark is unavailable. Kansas City has to prove that they can win games at the line of scrimmage, scrimmage if they're going to win another Super Bowl, and it's not automatic as well as the Las Vegas Raiders. They have to prove they can win games at the line of scrimmage. They traded away 60% of last season's starting offensive line in March before, in the estimation of a lot of experts, that they overreached to draft their offensive tackle out of Alabama in round one of the draft. I'm not one of those people that second-guess that pick. I think, Alex, if you start 38 games for Alabama, that tells me something. I don't know. The pundits say that they could have had him in the second round. I have no idea if that's right or wrong. I will say this, though. The bottom line is, on both the offensive line and the defensive line, the Raiders have to prove that they can win in the trenches. They picked up a defensive end, Yannick Ngakwe. He will push Cleveland Farrell, the number four pick in 2019. He's not a bust, but he's underachieved, and they'll be alongside Carl Nassib. If the, the Raiders will go as their offensive and defensive lines go. They have plenty of offensive weaponry, Defensively, they ranked 26th last year, and they have the sixth toughest schedule in the NFL this year. They play seven playoff teams. They open up against Baltimore, then they go to Pittsburgh. Then after that, they've got a Monday night, or they've got uh, Miami, and then they have to go to the LA Chargers. First four games are critical for the LA Raiders. That question will be answered as to whether or not they can compete if they can learn to win in the trenches and they're going to have to prove it. Coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him? We'll answer some more questions. It's that time. Mackinac Sports and McKenzie Rivers. 
I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted to. Don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences, loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. I want to remind you, Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. That would be Chris Perfett. And, of course, Bruin Finley on the updates. And Nick Battaglia, our technical producer. All right, it's that time. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Let's go to Mackenzie Rivers, Mackin on Sports. Mackenzie, a little ball game, uh, rematch of the Super Bowl 56, I think it was. And the final score was 35 to nothing. Uh, why? Well, New England had almost 500 yards of offense. Philly had less than 200, I believe. You can look right at the quarterback position if you ask me. Yes, everyone remembers that Super Bowl well, an offensive explosion. Well, the Patriots did their job, even without the great Tom Brady, Mac Jones filling in, Cam Newton filling in. They put up 35 points. This is another example of a new head coach. This used to be a very hot trend at home, getting destroyed. This is something that we haven't seen in the preseason before. Usually new coaches, I mean, maybe this is a Nick Sirianni problem. I'm not sure. But usually new coaches are able, especially at home, especially early on, to get their guys motivated on the right track. But there was a very, very unusual, I mean, Philadelphia was getting a lot of money heading into this game. A lot of people thought they were going to do really well. And then there was a very mysterious sickness of their starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I'm not sure if you heard about this, Bernie, but he was evacuated right before facing the great Bill Belichick in a very, you know, important preseason game. What do you well, think about that? Well, it is a little cryptic. We don't know what happened, and it was right before the game. But you know what, McKenzie? It shouldn't have mattered. And, uh, I mean, look what the Raiders did tonight. They played Nathan Peterman, who I doubt will take a snap the mm-hmm. entire year. And you got Matt Millen comparing him to Rich Gannon. I mean, how silly is this? But you bring up a larger issue, McKenzie, that I've noticed. Heading into this season, in the last five years, first-year coaches in their inaugural game, 21-6 and against the number. It was only 3-4 and last week. Come to find out, it may be a new breed. Take Brandon Staley, right, of the Chargers. Well, he's a Sean McVay disciple. McVay doesn't care if he wins preseason games. Look look what he did tonight against the Raiders. So I don't know. Maybe Nick Sirianni doesn't care either. But I'll tell you what, McKenzie, they looked really overmatched. They weren't even competitive. Yes, it was pathetic. And 
it's another trend. You talk about trends being busted. The new head coaches. What about teams that are just 0-1 facing yes. a team off a win? This is something that Fez brought to the table. Since 1994, this was a 62% trend. Well, after today, Bernie, where it went, or after this weekend, rather, where it went 1-7-1. and Yes. Now it's a 57% trend. That's how this I got works. burned on it tonight with mm-hmm. Seattle. Uh, however, the Washington football team, they were the lone winner. The only one team to beat Cincinnati, 1-0. But good point, McKenzie. Another preseason trend busted. We don't know if it's a new breed of coaches. We don't know if it's because there's only three games this year and through our COVID issues, or yes. perhaps it's just cyclical. Yes, and I was talking to AJ you know, on Friday about some of these trends being reversed, and he's like, well, it's maybe it's it's a new day. And that's the thing about the NFL. It means not for long for a reason. It might be a new day, and it might turn back. There's a reason why over 180 games, this is still 57%. Teams that lose generally want to win. But look at some of these new coaches not you know, doing their part as an 0-1. The Packers get stomped. Carolina is not competitive, only scores three points. The Lions get a push. Tom Brady and the Bucks get destroyed by the Titans. The Vikings don't get it done. The Rams actually get the cover. I was with you on the Seahawks. Not even close. The Broncos, with their QB battle, still playing hard. Much harder than the Seahawks, unfortunately. And tomorrow we have the Giants. I mean, they've gotten some money. They've gone from plus six down to only plus four. They're at the Browns. Maybe Joe Judge wants to get to his first win of the season. I kind of hope the 49ers do. I have a ticket with them, minus four and a half. They're looking for their first win of the season. I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll be a battle of who can play the least hard between the 49ers and the Chargers. Both of their new style head coaches seem to devalue the preseason, but the 49ers do have one guy they want to make look pretty good, and that would be Trey Lance tomorrow at L.A. Well, and the quarterback rotation aspect of this is still fairly well alive. You're getting good quarterback play out of Denver. However, I would have thought you'd had a better effort out of Chicago today because they have a pretty good quarterback rotation when you consider Nick Foles, who didn't even see the field, Justin Fields, and Andy Dalton, who has 70 wins in his career. I'm glad you brought that up, Bernie. That's a very good tease. Next hour, I will be diving deep into rookie quarterbacks, particularly what we saw to Justin Fields, what good, what bad. Check it out on Mackinac Sports next hour. That's right. Mackenzie will be with us at the end of each hour, all the way up to 3 a.m. And we'll be bringing you up to 3 a.m. And I would just say this. we got a lot to talk about. We'll get to all these things, including hard knocks. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Next up, it's Bernie Fratto. Keep it locked right here. We'll take you to 3 a.m. 